for that prayer. Thank you, worship team, for leading us into God's presence. And it is good to be here with you, church family. I do not take for granted meeting in person, but welcome to everybody online as well. This is one big church family meeting all over the city right now. And we are the body of Christ together, walking in relationship. You know, as Kim was sharing two weeks ago, Pastor Brendan Lance opened up this series and talking about real relationships, right? How does that look in real life? Last week, we talked about what derails us often in these crucial conversations we begin to blame. Um, I will, um, I was hoping you might forget that I was going to follow up on the missing fish, as you put it, conversation, Kim, but I will get to that um, later. Why is it so hard to listen? That's what we're going to unpack today. And I want to show this clip um, from the movie Inside Out. And the character Bing Bong um, has just had his favorite toy, his rocket wagon, pushed over the cliff. And let's see how his friends respond. No! No, 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 you can't take my rocket to the top, Riley, and I go to the moon! Riley can't be done with me. Hey, it's going to be okay. We can fix this. We just need to get back to headquarters. Which way to the train station? I had a whole trip planned for us. Hey, who's ticklish, huh? Here comes the tickle monster. Hey, Bing Bong, look at this. Oh, here's a fun game. You point to the train station and we all go there. Won't that be fun? Come on, let's go to the train station. I'm sorry they took your rocket. They took something that you loved. It's gone forever. Sadness. Don't make him feel worse. Sorry. It's all I had left of Riley. I bet you and Riley had great adventures. Oh, they were wonderful. Once we flew back in time, we had breakfast twice that day. Sadness. It sounds amazing. I bet Riley liked it. Oh, she did. We were best friends. Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> 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 <sighs> 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 I'm okay now. Come on, the train station is this way. All right, who do you identify with in that story? <laughs> right? You might be the grieving one right now. You might be joy, like, let's move past this. Let's fix this. Let's move on. Or sadness, who actually shows empathy in that moment and connects. We typically want to fix things and move on, and it can be difficult to stay in that place. But if we don't stay in that place, then we don't really listen. We don't really connect, and we don't really hear the other person. So this is especially true If you are in a position of power, a position of authority, you have people coming to you, right? If you're in a position of power, a boss, a supervisor, you're so used to speaking or teaching or giving answers. But we have to learn to be quiet, to not being so verbal, to paying attention to what's going on and to listening. 
In Proverbs, we hear this, answering before listening is both stupid and rude. And yet, I know I'm guilty of this often. Instead of listening, we're figuring out the solution already, how to speak, right? Or we want to share our story, and it keeps us from really listening and being present to the other person, right? Now, some of you might be naturally good listeners. Some of you, maybe listening is really difficult, but here's the truth. All of us can grow in our listening ability. All of us have the ability to become better at this. We're not in a fixed point. Oh, I'm just not a good listener. No, that's not acceptable. We can all grow in this because it's how God has designed us to connect. Let me pray as we unpack this today. God, I thank you that you are present here, that you, in fact, are working in our midst. And I thank you, God, for those here in person and those online, God. And I pray that each of us would hear a word from you today. May you encourage us, inspire us, challenge us, God with what you want to bring to our hearts. In your name, amen. So James, this probably is a familiar passage to many of you. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to give an answer, give a solution. No, quick to listen, right? And slow to speak and slow to become angry. This is not a new problem we have in being good listeners. So why is it so hard to be a good listener? I want to give us three potential reasons here that it might be hard. The first is a severed connection with God. We can go through most of our week, perhaps, without ever listening to God, without coming to him and hearing his heart for us and centering ourselves on that primary relationship. We see God having to remind his people all the time to listen. We see this in Psalm 81, 8 to 13. He says, hear me, my people, and I will warn you. If you would only listen to me, Israel, you shall have no foreign God among you. You shall not worship any God other than me. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. See, if we listen to God, we'll see how he wants to meet us. We'll remember what he has done for us. Verse 11, but my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices If my people would only listen to me, if Israel would only follow my ways. We see this time and time again in the Old Testament. God pleading with his people, just listen. How many problems could we avoid if we would listen to God? How many difficulties could we have maybe not even experienced if we would just listen? And we see this play out with Israel. Every time they don't listen to God, they go astray. So God wants us to listen to him in prayer, in his word, in the body of Christ. God wants us to 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 have that relationship with him be the primary connection, that, that source of life. He wants us to be in a listening posture to him so we can center ourselves on that. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says it this way. He says, he who can no longer listen to his brother will soon be no longer listening to God either. 
He will be doing nothing but prattle in the presence of God too. This is the beginning of the death of the spiritual life. Anyone who thinks that his time is too valuable to spend keeping quiet will eventually have no time for God and his brother, but only for himself and for his own follies. Bonhoeffer connects this idea of the necessity to be listening to God because it's a connection that we can have that helps us to listen to one another. These, you know, this cross points to this vertical connection that we have to God, but also horizontally as we connect to others. Love God with all of yourself, right? And Jesus says the second command is love your neighbor as yourself. This love coming out from what Christ has done for us. And if we're connected to God, we'll be in a better position to listen. Another challenge for why it's hard to listen is assumptions. We assume what somebody knows as soon as they start saying. We assume we know the solution, right? If they voted for this candidate, well, we know what that means, right? If they got this vaccine instead of that vaccine, ah, we're filling in the... Or if they chose not to get a vaccine, we begin to assume different things without actually listening to the person. Instead of listening, we put them into a box. It's easier to manage. It's easier to be more expedient with others. But then it keeps us from listening to the heart, to listening to the story. I love what Job says here in Job 16.2. He says, I have heard many things like these. These are his friends that have been lecturing him. Um, about his problems. They think they know the answer, right? They have told them what must be wrong, what Job must have done. And Job says, you are miserable comforters. All of you. They didn't take time to listen to Job. They thought they knew the solution. Don't we do that as well? Oh, you're having challenges with your kids. Let me tell you what I did. This is what you need to do. Oh, your relationship with your partner has gone sideways. This is what you need to do. Without really listening to the story, right? Because we're impatient, because we don't have time, because we think we already know the answer. We want to categorize people, put them in a box, and deal with them accordingly. I saw this in my Facebook feed um, this week, and it spoke truth to me, and if you can't quite read it, it says, why you should be gentle with people, and there's a big graph there that says somebody's life, and then a small section, what you know about it, right? There's a whole story there that we need to take time to unpack before we begin giving advice, before we think we have a solution. See, the opposite of listening is waiting to speak. As somebody's talking, you're just looking to say what you think they need to hear what you want to get off of your chest. I know I've been on the receiving end of people thinking they knew the solution without really hearing the problem. And that can be challenging sometimes. It can be hurtful. Especially when the issues really matter to your heart. Assumptions get in the way of listening. Assumptions can become biases about somebody's worth. We need more dialogue, more listening, and less debate. See, if we combine bias with unwilling to hear, it's just noise. 
It's not really connecting. It's not really listening to somebody. We label as a shortcut to keep from listening, to maybe examine our own views, to really sit with the other person. What assumptions pop into your mind right away when I say blue or yellow? Expat or local? Republican or Democrat? Straight or gay? Asian? White? Black? Brown? I love that we're an international church that has a blend of all of these different things, that we can be a community that breaks down assumptions, that breaks down biases, that doesn't let these things stand as the whole story, that we can be a community that points to a different way of doing relationships together that we won't take shortcuts, that we will take the time to listen to somebody's story the way God, in fact, listens to our heart. We have a a testimony um, via a spoken word today that that speaks into a little bit of this. Um, And so I want to thank Bex for sharing. Let's hear this spoken word now. For the Lord sees not as man sees. For the Lord sees not as man sees. He sees me as handmade, not a handmaid. The work of his hands, not to be owned or possessed, controlled or regressed, to be demeaned or used or sold as used goods. Not a threat or a challenge, or to be mocked as unbalanced. Not subjugated or oppressed, or a thing to be suppressed, or to be plucked and pruned. Not a trophy, well-groomed, free to walk without fear that what I wear makes you leer? Not target practice because you feel scared. Not to be held back unfairly. Equal pay? Yes, yearly. Because the price of my life on the cross cost Jesus dearly. For the Lord sees not as man sees. My Lord sees me as he intended. Not by tick boxes of identity. He finds profiling unnecessary. His view of me is deep and soul-searching. Making his way to my heart with tenderness and humility. He chooses me each day, the one he has called by name. To walk outside in confidence, not afraid of mankind. But to be his hands and feet, reaching all the people I meet. To share love and mercy, unhindered 
by what man sees. I am intricate and knitted, not a Barbie doll well kitted. Each time my body changes and my chemistry rearranges, he finds a way to let me know the light in me is still his glow. Thoughts, ideas, a voice, complexities, contradictions, et al. The King of Heaven is my Father. He's crowned me with his glory. So I can stand here and testify. When the Lord sees me, he sees his work, his child, his beloved, the one he died for. Not definitions, expectations, or judgment. Just the freedom for which I've been set free. You see, he made us equal but different. What's true for me as his child is true for you too. He loves you. He cares for you. He came for you. He died for you. And he rose for you. He is for you. So live that freedom. Seek justice. Love mercy. Walk humbly. To love your neighbor means to love mankind, womankind, and humankind. The Lord sees not as man sees. So be man, kind, and ask yourself this. With whose eyes do you see? Thank you, Bex, for knitting together scripture, for knitting together their story. Uh, thank you, Mike, for the video effects to that, that, that speak truths, right? Um, that speak against assumptions, that speak to God's valuing you and how we're to value one another. I love these artistic expressions of worship that we've been doing. We've had um, Charlotte did a dance, uh, I think, back in January. We had the virtual choir. We had uh, Stephanie um, as well do painting. And so we are trying to emerge and to lift up this artistic expression of connection. And so you might have a hidden artistic talent we don't know about. Uh, let us know. Let Anita know. Let myself, Brenda, any of the team know. We'd love to continue to lift these expressions up. Church, you are made in the image of God. Each one of you has indescribable worth. That is valuable. We need not make assumptions. We need not put people in a box. Do you imagine if we left labels behind that we as community church would walk with this truth of all being made in the image, walk with this heart of really coming alongside one another? I think our city needs that right now. The third um, reason why it's hard to listen is uh, cultural validation, if we can go to that next um, slide. So in our culture, 
who do we value more? What are the voices that we listen to more? Is it the person in power? Is it the person with the best education? Is it the person with more screen time? What do we listen to at the expense of not listening to others? Do we have to be the loudest voice in the room in order to be heard? I want to look at King Solomon. He just became king. And, what, and God comes to him and says, what do you want? What can I give you? What does he say? What does Solomon want from God? Just call it out. Wisdom, all right? That's not a bad answer. Uh, but let's unpack what Solomon actually asked for here. 1 Kings 3, 5 and 9. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Going down to verse 9, so give your servant, this is Solomon speaking to God, a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong, for who is able to govern this great people of yours? This word here, discerning heart, is, is two Hebrew words, lev shema. Lev is heart. It's the inner person. It's our core. And then shema, to hear. Literally, a heart that hears, a heart that listens, is what Solomon wants. He is asking God for this. Now, we can hear or we can listen, but there's a difference, right? Hearing is a function of the sense, right? But listening is a function of the will. Hearing, we might hear street noise. If we pause right now, what would we hear? The air con. But listening, we have to be intentional. I can hear somebody sitting across be telling me their story, and I can hear the words. But unless I'm intentional, unless I direct my will to that person, I'm not really listening. Listening requires paying attention. So what happens to Solomon, right? He becomes the wisest king, doesn't he? And... The problem was, all these people are coming to listen to him, and he's got all this wisdom, and they want to hear it from him. But somewhere along the way, Solomon forgot that this wisdom came from God. Somewhere along the way, that connection with God got severed, and he thought he was the source of this wisdom. And his heart, that he wanted to be discerning, begins to fade. And things looked bad and became bad for Solomon when this happened. And this is what God says a few chapters later. The Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord's command. His heart, his love, had turned away from God. It was no longer turned towards God. It was no longer desiring to hear from God. When we stop listening, it starts to distort our relationships, both with God and with one another. We fill in the gaps with labels and assumptions with our own experience, but we don't stop and listen. 
to God, to our neighbor. Now we see this, this lack of listening get passed down to Rehoboam. Rehoboam becomes king and he talks to, first of all, the advisors of his father and his advisors to the father say, you need to, to be wise, right? You need to be gracious. You need to be merciful to the people. And Rehoboam, he's not going for that so much. So he gathers his friends and he listens to them. And what do they say, right? Be ruthless. Don't show weakness. Be harsher on the people. Then they'll respect you. And of course, it doesn't work. The kingdom is torn in two, never to be restored because of this heart not leaning into God, but leaning away. See, the wisdom of Solomon became a curse for him because eventually it severed that connection to God. He thought he could do it on his own. And I wonder if we're tempted to do the same from our experience, from our education. We think we can do it without God. What if we're a church where everybody was using their gift that God had given you and God has given each one of us gifts? But instead of thinking we can do it on our own because this person has this skill or that skill, actually we do it in dependence. We use our gifts in dependence upon what God is doing in our midst. See, power can be an incredibly effective earplug and keeping us from listening to others or to God. So how do we listen? How should we listen? One is getting your life from Christ. If we're getting our life from Christ, then we know our identity. We know we're valued. We don't have to suck life from other people in order to feel secure. We can get that security from Jesus himself. I love how Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians 2.2, he says, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and in him crucified. We need to be getting our life from Christ. That needs to be a primary source because it gives us a foundation and a centering. It allows us to empty ourselves and to take in God. It allows us to let go of control and to hand over control to God. How else do we listen? We listen with our whole self. If you have a roommate or a colleague coming to you and, and you're not really, you're hearing, right? But you're not really listening, right? What does it require? It requires turning towards somebody, giving them your attention, right? So much of our communication, our listening is communicated with our body language. I was going to bring my phone up here. Ever have that in a conversation with somebody? Oh, just a second. Okay, I do that, right? And sometimes we really do have emergencies that we need to pay attention to. But it can be really hard to give our full attention to the person we're sitting across from. But it is so, such a gift when we can. It matters how we listen. And finally, um, how we listen. Practice listening skills. So Erica and I had a fight about food, right? About fish, as Kim reminded um, us. And if you don't know the, that fight, you can go back and listen to it uh, from last week's sermon. So what was going on there, right, in the midst of that fight? One, we had to listen. We had to, to, 
to come to a rational space so we could really hear the other person, so that we could really connect with their heart. So Erica was feeling that I was resenting her, her dietary needs, right? She felt, I didn't think, you know, and then I was feeling um, attacked, and so I got defensive with her. And then she didn't think I was doing enough to really help her in this, right? She felt like I resented her, like I resented her diet and her desire to get healthy. And could she trust me with this? And we wouldn't get to those places, right, if we didn't really listen. Then we could really truly hear our hearts, and we could see that we're really trying to value the other person. Yes, we're wrestling with our own, you know, for me, my own selfishness in that. But we didn't get to that if we stayed guarded, if we didn't enter into some of the real listening with one another. Then we could get to a solution and connect, which is what God wants to do to us. So get curious. Ask open-ended questions when you're in a conversation. Don't jump to the answer, but engage the other person, right? Jesus is great at this, and Kim was highlighting that. Jesus is really good at these conversations, and so we're going to have this class on crucial conversations because it helps us to get to deeper places. Reflect back when you're in a conversation. Show up with humility and not all the answers. Um, I want people, you know, to come into community and to engage with our people here and to know that they are valued, to know that we are interested in them. My prayer is that we would move slower as a people that we wouldn't be in a rush, that we would slow down and connect and listen to God, and we would slow down and connect and listen to one another, to not fill in the gaps, to not try to fix, that we would be a people that would remember God's love. We remember that we can have hope in him for life, for freedom, for our identity. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are a God that draws near, that you desire us to listen to your heart, God, that you desire us to listen to one another because you have made us for relationships, Jesus. Thank you that you love us. Amen.